Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. We are into the dreary, wet, and sometimes cold days of spring here at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, and that's kind of how it feels around this ball club. April showers bring May flowers, Paul. This is this is the hope. Paul Mancano, Bobby Blanco, and now joined by Rock Cabaco on the Mass and All Access podcast. Rock, this is your first appearance on the podcast. Thanks so for you, joining us. You segue with dreary, wet, and cold. <laughs> and here's a... And speaking of which... Ray of sunshine, Rock Cabaco. Terrific seamless <laughs> You bring our sunshine, Rock. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, there, and there has been little sunshine, I think, at this point to be found with this Orioles team, sadly. Uh, hopefully, April showers will bring May flowers, but at this point, this is... Um, this is not trending in the right direction, to say the least. Right. And not Mayflower vans, because they're not moving. Unlike the Baltimore Colts, I'm still there. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's been bad, but you know, people are asking me, oh, how's this compare to, it was just like the worst team you've ever covered. I'm like, you know, I covered 14 straight losing seasons. So I'm maybe I'm just hardened by it all, but this is nothing compared to some of the other stuff I went through. I covered the 4-32 and finish under Mike Harbour in one Jeez. year. So... You know, at least by then you knew they were out of it. Right. This one, you know, you start a season with high hopes and whatever, and then this starts to happen. But it's this is not the worst team I've covered. It's certainly, I'm not going to judge the talent level based on the record at this point. Yeah. I look at this group, I say, well, the rotation is certainly better than it was last year. It's on paper, and I think what's been delivered so far, in fact, it's been the best part of this team, which is kind of weird. And I just assume the other things are going to click. I, I, this team is not going to bat 215 all season, I don't think. You, know, you can go back and play this again in August and go, really, yeah. Rockets still 215, but I just don't think that's going to happen. I think guys are going to heat up. That said, there's a sense of urgency. You can't keep saying, well, it's still early, it's still April. Right. You can dig yourself such a hole that even the most remarkable streak might get you back to 500. You can't get in that position, especially in this division. We have to keep playing the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. Yeah. And, you know, Tampa every time it seems like they always run out pitching that gives you a problem. So they, there is a sense of urgency to start playing better. But worst team I've covered, <laughs> not even close. I think that's kind of the part of the frustration, though, Rock, because you know I grew up a local kid, Orioles fan. Obviously, saw some a lot of tough years, and it was the expectations of this season. You know, Paul and I have talked about it on this podcast that this offseason, I mean, it was late, but the Orioles did what they were supposed to do. They got the pitching they were supposed to, get, the guys that people wanted them to get, guys who were costly, cost-effective, and effective on the mound, and now it's just this slow start. They're one of two teams who are double-digit games behind in, in last place in, in the division, and like you said, the division doesn't make it any easier. I think that's part of the frustration is, you know, you can play your way out of the postseason in April. You can't win it in April, but you can play your way out of the race in April. Exactly, and there are guys, you know, Buck has to trust the track record, he always yeah. says, and there are guys that you figure are going to start hitting better. I'm fairly certain Adam Jones, I still, Chris Davis even, uh, you know, Scope was oh, got off to a terrible start, just started to heat up with back-to-back multi-hit games, and right. he was on the disabled list, of course, because that's what happens when you're going poorly. Beckham hasn't hit. I mean, there's, you know, Santander now, he doesn't have a track record other than the Carolina League, but we, I think he's a better hitter than what's going on right now. Caleb, uh, uh, Caleb Joseph certainly is better than what he's showing. And let's forget the no RBI season. He's a better hitter than that. He's a better hitter than what he's doing right now. Yeah. So this is one of those, and the Orioles are famous for this. They get in these collective slumps. It's never just one or two guys. <laughs> 
And I think what's alarming is when people are like, well, Buck's got to shake it up. Well, you could shake up one or two slumping guys. Seven or eight, you can't really yeah. do that. How many guys can you drop in the order? How many guys can you flip-flop? You can't sit seven guys who aren't hitting. Yeah. Plus, there are some flaws in the roster that I think could be corrected later, but they tried going with a short bench, and right now they're carrying you know, Mike Wright Jr., who is out of the rotation, and I think they're trying to find their spots with him right now because right. he struggled. But you also have a Rule 5 guy that you're trying to find your spots with, and they started out with two Rule 5 relievers, and that wasn't going to work. They don't have a natural utility guy, or they didn't until they got Chase Peterson. So they they took some chances with a few things here, and it just hasn't worked out. But you know, we would be on this topic with the way the rotation mostly has been if guys were hitting, even with the flaws in the, in the lineup or in the roster. If if there weren't seven guys in horrible slumps right now, things would be going a lot better. And what can you do except to wait for them to break out one at a time here, two at a time, whatever? Yeah. I think it's going to happen at some point. You can only do so much shuffling in that yeah. in the lineup. It's it's not like they have you know a bevy of guys in the the minor leagues that they're just waiting mm-hmm. to fill spots with. I checked the averages of the left-handed hitting outfielders in AAA, and I saw Santander struggling. Rasmus is on the DL. Mm-hmm. And it's like three of them were hitting below two hundred. So it's the same problem. Right. Yeah. Up and That's down. Not a help, but then yeah. people say. Well, where, why isn't Austin Hayes playing in right field every day? Because he was hitting two thirty something at Bowie. Yeah, and he's yeah. right handed hitter, but nonetheless, he's hitting two thirty something. Right. I don't think he's ready yet for an everyday job in the majors. Yeah. He's still working on things. So there's not that easy solution. Now, of course, we're going to get though, then fire everybody. Right, you know, right. Starting with the hitting coach, and I'm trying to stress that a new hitting coach is not going to come in and tell the guys you're going to hit three hundred. Right. It's not like Scott Coolball is telling them <laughs> swing from the heels and everything. Right. Every slider, you know. Right. This is just how this team is built. They're kind of they tend to be an all or nothing group. That's just what they are. And when they're hot, it's fun to watch. But they also can go into these funks. And there's a very little Scott Coolball can do except for keep working with them. The early BP, which guys are doing, and right. then you just wait for the results to start happening. But he doesn't have. A, there isn't like somebody else that's going to come up with a magic wand and make these guys go. Oh wow, okay. I said suddenly, you know, work counts better, or maybe start. Squaring up some pitches, they're yeah. trying to do that now. It's just not happening. Yeah, I think to me, it seems like the Orioles can't put together a complete game, a complete victory. Paul and I talked about this last week, and it's like when you know they've actually gotten really good starting pitching. You know, better than at least they started off with. And you know, Alex Cobb will come around. We'll see him pitch tonight um, against his former team, the Rays. Uh, but Kevin Gosman had a great outing. But it seems like whenever they get starting pitching, they don't get bats. Whenever the bats actually have a good game, you know, the bullpen kind of implodes or the defense doesn't show up, and it just seems like. Like nothing has come together in you know full circle just yet for this Orioles team. Do you right. think you had that kind of same assessment? No, yeah. I mean, Dylan Bundy finally got his first win. He's got a 140 ERA. Sh- I don't pay a lot of attention to right. also the starting pitcher, but yeah. it's ridiculous. And Gossman, yeah, he, he doesn't get a win for that outing or basically one bad pitch. You're tired 21 to 23, and you can't score more than one run for the guy. Like, what do they have, like, 19 runs in 10 home games, or is it 10 runs in 19 home games? I know they only have, like, six six homers in home games. Exactly. So, so it really falls more than anything else. It falls on the lineup. But you're right. I mean, the bullpens, but the back end of the bullpen has not been as sturdy as it's been in the past. And even without Zach Britton, you still expect more from, you know, Michael Gibbons. Gibbons. This is unusual for him. And he does have enough of a track record to kind of wait it out. To a degree, he's got options, but you still figure, okay, eventually he's going to turn around and Brad Brock and Darren O'Day, we've seen the good, we've seen the not so good. Richard Blyer's the one guy who's been the most dependable, and now you, you, you try and get him as much as you can in any situation. You don't worry about matchups or length, you just yeah. want to get him in. 
if you have a lead and the late innings or a tie game, you want Richard Blyer up without his arm falling off. <laughs> and then the defense hasn't been as good again. The last two years there's been slippage, and it's they're off to a bad start again. And that was the chance you took. And it's not just this move, but you take a platinum glove winner off a of third base and move him to shortstop. Yeah, we got third. We had five career starts there, and you say we're trying to improve the defense. That seems like a contradiction, but that has not been the only problem. They've had problems in other areas as well, and just some fundamental breakdowns. And when you lose yeah. scope, you know, they've tried different guys who don't bring a lot offensively, and Sardinas, you know, is okay defensively, but he's made some errors physical and mental. Uh, you know, so maybe Peterson can, can be uh, an upgrade there, but, uh, you know, trying Valencia at third, that's fine here and there, but you don't want to necessarily full time there because he isn't. He's known for mashing left-handed pitching. Yep. That's yeah. why he's here. Pedro Alvarez, strict DH. You're not going to play in the third. You're not going to play in the first. You know, you they tried the outfit and that didn't work. That didn't work out. But in an emergency, you might have to put him out there. But you know, so there are flaws, and it's not just one thing. But it, we always come back to the the lineup right now and the struggles of the plate because I think if they were mashing like we've seen them do in the past, that would make up for a lot of the other things. Yeah. If you have an eight-one lead, the eighth inning doesn't matter if Michael Gibbons is struggling a little bit. Right. Somebody makes an error, doesn't turn a double play, and it just goes as a fielder's choice. But it could have been an error. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're scoring eight, nine, ten runs. They're they're having trouble scoring one or two. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just a collective, such a large collective slump that just doesn't seem to fit anything that they've shown in the past in the in their track record. Like you're saying, really good pitching too. We, yeah. you, know, you hate to keep tipping. Your the schedule has been brutal. Yeah, no, I mean, look yeah. at the Indians right now. Four straight guys. You're like, man, they're not. This team isn't hitting, but look at the pitching. Yeah. There, you know? yeah. And so they've seen a lot of that. And you go to Boston, you go to New York, yeah. you look at these. these they starters. went to Houston. Uh, yeah, Houston mm-hmm. and the Blue Jays ran a couple guys half and some others. So. Yeah. Uh, you know they're they're challenged enough just with that, let yeah. alone the fact that nobody's hitting anyway. They, by some metrics, they have the hardest schedule so far mm-hmm. in the big leagues, given the and the fact that the Blue Jays have already jumped out to a terrific start. Right. Just another team in the AL East. And it's been cold. I mean, there's a lot of things yeah. going on. So cold. Yeah. So Paul and I talked about at length last week. Obvious a theory. I, I mean. This team is known for mashing, like you said, home runs. What's hard to do in cold weather? Hit home runs. So I'm not saying they live or die by the long ball, but I mean that's they what they. But <laughs> but they tend to live and die by the long ball. Yeah. So you know, I mean, they pl- they're 20th right now in in Major League Baseball with 23 home runs. Right. Um, and if they're just not hitting them, they're where else they're is their hitting. offense is going to come from? And when I counted last week, and this was a week ago, they had only played. Six total games out of their first 18 in uh, warmer weather above 60 degrees. And three of them came in Houston, where it's indoors and there's no cold weather in Houston. So it's like, you know, it's tough. Yes, they're in a slump, but it's tough enough when it's cold weather. Do you think that plays a factor at all? Because, I mean, I'm waiting for it just to warm up before the bats heat up. And then I think it's fair to judge whether this team is bad or not. Right. I mean, you know, I think there's something to that. And I know the counter argument and the Orioles have used it so it doesn't sound like they're making excuses is why everybody's got to play in it. Right. Red Sox had to play in it too and it was 34. But the Red Sox could also do a better job of manufacturing runs. Like you said, a team that seems to be built mainly for the long ball. And if they're not hitting home runs and guys are pressing, which they're all seem to be doing right now except for maybe a couple, then, you know, that, that compounds the problem. So I think that's something to do with it. And, you know, when I was at Fenway for that Sleet game, the 34 degree game, the day before they had the postponement. Right. Um, Patriots Day. There were guys in there testing, you know, going outside, and, and they, there were just ski masks on, and they come back and shaking their heads like, "Are we really playing this game?" Yeah. So the and the effort was there. They they weren't quitting, but they yeah. were just like, "We should not be out here. These conditions are a joke." Yeah. 
And it was also, it was that Jackie Robinson day, so everybody was wearing 42, and all you could see were their eyes. Right. Yeah, I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, thank God Richard Blyer was warning them. Well, He's a lefty, yeah. so he that's Blyer. Yeah. But guys, the guys were dressed like it was football. Right. And yeah. They're trying to play baseball when you're already playing poorly, yeah. and you're slumping, and you're pressing, and you're playing a really good team and a tough ballpark to win in. And on top of that, you've got sleet and, and you know, cold and... So there are just a lot of things that, that are working against this team. Yeah. Also, thank God that the Orioles don't do crazy shifts like the Astros because you would never know who made a play yeah. in, like, right field because it's like, uh, I can't tell because they're all the same number. You can't see their face. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go by body size from, like, far away in the press box. That'd be impossible. Exactly. Finally, I think we're getting some slightly warmer weather, even though yesterday's game was postponed. Today, hopefully, the rain will hold off and we'll actually get some games in here. Looking ahead. The schedule was absolutely brutal this right. month of April. Gets a little bit easier. The Rays are at the bottom of the division, and then you have the Tigers. Uh, and then beyond that, you don't have too too many difficult opponents besides going out to on that West Coast swing to take on the Angels. I mean, it, at, at some point, these bats are going to turn around. These bullpen arms are going to start to pitch like we've seen. Hopefully, do you think it's going to happen sooner rather than later? Or are we going to be sitting here at you know July 31st saying, you know, we were right back in April. We should have just gotten rid of everybody. And I'll be saying, this is the worst team I've ever played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do think they're going to heat up along with the weather. I, I just think that there's enough talent here mm-hmm. that they should be able to do that. I think the rotation is going to actually get a little better because I think we're going to see much better from Alex Cobb than with what we've seen to go along with, with uh, Kashner. Bundy and Gosman and Tillman, there's progress being made there at least. And yeah. I think uh, there's a little mechanical thing going on with Gibbons. I think that's going to be better. Uh, and Britain's going to be back. Yeah. And Scope's going to be back. And people are like, who cares about Trumbo? He strikes out a lot. Guy led the majors in home runs a year before that. And you'll take any jolt that yeah. you might be able to get in the lineup when he's back. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I think that it's going to be get better. It's just. I don't know when because every night I show up thinking this is going to be it. If they happen to take an early lead or when they won the first game against Cleveland, I'm yeah. thinking, all right, this they can get on a roll now. And then they don't. And you go out to Detroit, and I thought, okay, when they rallied late, and this is not a really good Tigers team, and this is where it starts. And then you end up losing that one with right. a donkey kick. <laughs> the way they lost it, too. Yeah, the walk-off with yeah. Dixon Machado. You know, it's like... And it was tied. Uh, who hit the home before that? Sardinius. Uh, but then for the tie, oh, oh, yeah, seriously? off Darren O'Day. Shot up there, and it's like that's when you start thinking maybe this it's just it's not just that cursed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I keep thinking, all right, this is going to get them going. Gosman's performance the other night, I thought they could rally late here, ride that. The problem is, there's no momentum in baseball. Yeah. It's really the next day starting pitcher, and even with they're getting good starts, if the other starters really dealing or this team isn't hitting. One win doesn't necessarily get the ball rolling here. I mean, they can go right back to being one hit uh, and wasting another good outing. It, it really does come down, first and foremost, to how the other team is, is pitching and how like, what your starting pitching's like. But, yeah, I keep thinking this is going to happen. Any, you know, Every lead, every win, I think, is going to get them rolling. Yeah. But it better happen soon because yeah. you, can't, you can't be, you know, 20 games below 500, 25 games below 500. Sorry, right, now we're going to get it moving. Right. Because it's, it, at some point it will be too late. And then we're going to have a whole other topic here. Do you go through a 2000 Sid Thrift fire sale? And, yeah. And they really know that they don't want to do that. It's certainly not what ownership normally does. Yeah. Especially considering you got two guys who are running the team who are in the last year of their contract. Yeah, right. So there's, you know, so it would really be unfortunate if he got to that point where we even have to be considering that. 
Uh, and I, I think it is too early to be thinking about that. People are saying, right. i got to start trading everybody now. I think it's a little early because it's yeah. still April. And you have to have a proper offer. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were they were listening on Machado over the winter. Not actively shopping, <laughs> but they were listening. listening. And I think I don't think Dan Duquette now has a block on his phone. If somebody calls and makes this astronomical-type offer for Manny Machado, you think about it now, but you don't suddenly say, okay, we'll take anything. Because you would have done that earlier. Or, or you know, you... That, yeah. That's not you, that doesn't help you at all. I think yeah. if, I think at some point you start getting a little more aggressive and listening on offers if this continues, and you hope that teams that are more identified as contenders and get a little desperate, yeah, are more willing to give up something as you get closer to that trade yeah. deadline. Deadline spur action. You rarely see you know just a star player like Machado in the last year of his deal, especially mm-hmm. traded any time before July. Right at this point, I mean, it, you know, they're probably if they're going to get an offer. That's going to blow them away. It's probably going to come in, on July thirtieth or thirty first. Right. And by then, the Orioles will have a pretty good feel for whether they're, they have any shot at all. Right. Yeah. The wild card yeah. by then. Although we're last still year, looking right now to say we might have a chance here. Still, it's still yeah. early. Although last year, you know, it was they were such in the middle ground. Yeah. Half the fans wanted them to sell. Half them right. wanted them to buy. Exactly. Well, there are fans that said they should have traded Machado before last season. Mm-hmm. Said even more value, and I'm like, you know, they were they just come from the yeah. wild card game. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they might still make a run. And then they had a run in August. Yeah. Yeah. They had a run in August, and if it wasn't for a terrible September, they might have made the postseason. Yeah, so, they were one game out of the second wild card beginning of September, I believe. So at that point, yeah. you're still just trying to get in there, and then, as Buck says, roll the dice. So I didn't think that was the time. All right, let's just strip the whole team down because we're not going to make it. Turns out they didn't, but you don't have a crystal ball. Yeah, yeah that was just guesswork by people that said, I told you so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Rock, let's talk about uh, Alex Cobb because he is going tonight uh, against the former team, the Rays. Um, 7.05, first pitch on Mass in, 6.30. Uh, Mass O's extra. We're doing it again. Yeah, oh, we know we, Sarah Perlman talked to you yesterday. On, yeah, uh, Mass and all access, all about Alex Scott. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, we t- we texted after his first outing in Boston, and I asked you what you thought, and you said just rusty. You know, he just looked rusty. Obviously, a late signing. Uh, have you seen any improvement from him, or, or has he said anything that makes you think, all right, this guy's going to close to turning it around? Yeah, I, mean, I think it was a little better the second outing, but uh, it is basically still a spring training, and, and they're. You know, somebody asked me whether uh, I felt like maybe they rushed him too much and regret it now. And I'm like, they were pretty deliberate compared to like what the Twins did with Lance Lynn, for example. Did he go three innings against the Orioles in Fort Myers the day after he signed? Yep. I mean, they rushed him right on the mound. Yeah. The Orioles, meanwhile, it's, you know, bullpen sessions, sim games, extended, yeah. work him up to three innings, then four, then five, then six, and about 93 pitches. Then you bring them. To, to Baltimore, I think that was a pretty deliberate pace, but there isn't an exact blueprint when a guy signs on March 21st. Yeah. That be a lesson, kids. If you sign on March 21st, though, you might be up against it. It's yeah. not that you know you re- ideally Don't procrastinate. want to sign sooner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you got the money, but it's it's a process now. And I think you know the, with his track record, and after the Tommy John being far enough away from it now that he is being able to throw that split change, yeah. calling it now more, getting more. Of a <laughs> I don't know what to call it. I think, you know, we're going to see really good Alex Cobb here, but it wasn't going to happen right out of the gate. And, uh, you know, unfortunately it's been worse than, like, obviously that he was expecting in the club. Yeah. But nobody knew. Yeah. You know, how often do you sign a guy on, on March 21st to go through this process? And then so, start him two weeks later yeah. against the Red Sox. Exactly. And, oh, yet, right. and yet how much more deliberate could you be? Give him seven innings in an extended – I mean, eventually he was going to have to face – Major league hitters, and just let's see how it goes. But he's still kind of in that 
that mode of getting ready for the season, but he's doing it against these big league hitters in yeah. games. Uh, so, and now, of course, we can debate whether he has the advantage because he's facing some hitters he knows, or do they have the advantage because they know him. I think Who knows? Good pitching <laughs> always beats good hitting. Right. Like, yep. He's yeah. on. It doesn't matter how much they know or what they know is coming. Everybody right. knows what Zach Britton's throwing, and they usually can't hit it. Yeah. So it doesn't. Uh, to me, it's like it doesn't matter how well they know him. If he's on his game, if he's sharp. He should have the edge. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a good one, Alex Cobb. Hopefully, they'll actually play this game tonight, uh, making his yeah. start. I think they are. Yeah. I think it's supposed to clear up this afternoon, okay. right? I thought it was only supposed to be a fifty percent chance of rain. Okay. Well, by the time definitely not like yesterday. You're listening to this. We will know. Uh, yes. Actually yes. Playing this game tonight, but enough of the dreary weather talk, and also enough of the dreary always talk, because we actually do have something we need to talk to you about, Rock. <laughs> this is of critical importance. Okay. Uh, talking about, I don't know if you've ever sat down, you know, you, you have a terrific name, you have School of Rock. It's a, it's a name that lends itself to and a lot of different puns. Uh, and we were saying there are a lot of songs that your name fits very easily into. Have you ever sat down and, and gone through some of the songs? I don't need to, because everybody else does. <laughs> like every show I've ever done, there's always some intro where it's a play on the name or something. Right. But, you know, and I've thought about, and we've all done this, by the way, <laughs> if, if you were a closer, what would be your... Yeah, your, your entrance music? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we've all done that and of course with my name it seems like it should be a lot easier so what's your what's your song don't you think it would be I Wanna Rock Twisted Sister yes you would hear I Wanna Rock and the gate would open I'd come out (laughs) and I'd blow the safe that's like I I saw first pitch long ball Flash Gordon and they played the Flash Gordon music and and then he blew the safe (laughs) (laughs) just uh, just setting yourself up for that but we have we do have a little bit of list a list of songs here that we think uh, would be good Got uh, Rock the Casbah, yes. uh, Rock you like a hurricane. Um, Everybody rock your body. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, like that's a uh, Justin Timberlake song. Everybody, oh yeah, Backstreet Boys. Whoa, what was I talking rock about? Rock a body. Oh, I, I was singing of uh, wanna rock your body. Oh, Take the day. Yeah. dance with me. More JT. So you can't tell me that when you after on a, on your rare off day and you go you you know you, when we know you love your martinis and you're going at a bar and you hear the you hear it on the speaker. Come on, you're not tapping your foot and singing your own name to any of these songs. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, you know, when I had a gig, I got up for a lot of mention other stations or stations at all, but they used to play a morning show when I would come on. They would play uh, Rock the Casbah, but they had made a twisted tune out of it. It was Rock Kabatko. That's really, awesome. Uh, it was like That's he, so cool. He, he asks it and he writes it Rock Kabatko. <laughs> so they did that. I've heard. Um, I've heard a few of these actually. Nice. Uh, uh, Sticks, Mr. Roboto. I heard Rocco Cabaco. Oh. <laughs> worked into Mr. Roboto. So kind of thinking outside the. Okay, box. yeah. So just avoiding the rock. Wow. Yeah. And right. going through the Roboto. the so syllables. Absolute yeah. last ones to try to come up with any of these. <laughs> yeah. Well, Paul had an idea. He was gonna sing for you on all these. And I was like, I was like, Paul, Rock's a busy man. He's got to go talk to. He's got to go talk to Buck and then pregame stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what? That's that's of the utmost importance. That's really we should have opened the show with that. Frankly, yeah. That's what we really want to talk to you about, not the Orioles. We asked you to come on and talk about your name and how it fits into various songs. Gutsy though, for instead of if you're a closer and the gate opens, instead of the song. 
song like that if they just played like the theme from Titanic. That's <laughs> <laughs> like a really depressing song. Really be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone's like, yeah, way. Yeah, oh, wow. Hold on. Yeah. It'll probably throw the other team a little bit. Yeah. 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 That doesn't instill a lot of confidence, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Don't We're going remember, down. Remember, you told me you love me. <laughs> <laughs> like, What's going on? Rock Rebecca just sang on our podcast. That's awesome. We gotta, we gotta get a drop of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rock, thanks so much for joining us. We we know you got uh, plenty of pregame coverage to do before this. I one. think there's a roster move coming. Isn't it, there? Um, yeah. Well, we know it, this though. team, I feel like there's been about they, 50 roster moves a, a day. They have a lot. It's uh, funny because when I was doing an interview yesterday for some for O's magazine, they announced the Jace Peterson oh, right. uh, signing or claim. As I'm in the middle of the interview, I'm like, excuse me, I need to tweet this. Yeah. One. yeah. <laughs> Just keep going. I'm listening. But yeah. You but just never know. That kind of goes along with Buck's philosophy. He always says like it's 25 men plus whoever you know. Triple A, Double A, so it's not just one, those twenty-five guys on the team. It's you got a whole farm system yeah, to to pull from. Yeah, yeah. Any help, you, any help you can get, and a lot, all, all these injuries too. Yeah. Um, at and Rock on Twitter, the School of Rock blog on MassonSports.com. Every morning by five a.m., you can ensure a new ep- a new blog post. Uh, um, uh, be sure to check him out and follow him along. Also, follow us along, Masson All Access Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud. You can follow Paul and I on Twitter at Paul Mancano at Bobby underscore Blanco, um, and Rock again. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks Next for time, coming. Martinis. Next time, Martinis. <laughs> you heard it there. Yeah, good. Thanks, Rock. Thank you.